0: Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor bet builder. 18 plus be
1: NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. To From the Stands. It's episode 25. In 2020, we promised you more guests, and we've got some great ones in store today. We're very fortunate to have been joined by fellow members of the sports podcasting community, the VAR at the Bar podcast. Chris and Dan have hosted the show since April 2020, which focuses primarily on football in England. So, from the Premier League to the FA Cup, the pod takes us through all the unique elements that football in England is famous for fans, culture, and of course, VAR. As the name suggests, the lads are no strangers to recording the old podcast at the bar, which makes for a very honest and warming listen. With lots of opinion, analysis and great banter, it's our delight to welcome the boys on the show this week. Welcome, Chris and Dan. Thank
2: Thank you very much for inviting us.
0: Yeah, welcome, guys. Welcome.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's uh, normally, so Ben, we've only recorded one podcast actually in person, haven't we? So all of our podcasts literally have been via... The internet so it's, it's quite a weird world we're all living in here but it's nice that we're still able to do this
0: yeah we've only done one i don't know about you guys but yeah we've we've only done one sort of together and that was the lauren peck interview we done so
2: mm.
0: that's literally the only one we've done uh, together so everything else has been done over skype or zoom
2: well we we've only done i think two together i think it was
3: we started off recording at the bar i think we managed two or three
0: episodes yeah before we were locked down so
1: needs must bad timing <laughs> bad timing yeah and that's that's the, that's the thing isn't it i think like moving forward it would be amazing i suppose if like the restrictions were lowered like the tier restrictions were lowered so that you could like maybe have like do a record a podcast in the garden and like make like a makeshift bar or something in your garden you, you could somehow like do a var <laughs> at the bar from home kind of thing but
2: yeah, all we need is a few right. cans of beer and you sorted it aren't you? That's it. <laughs> that, that was that the view, it?
0: any problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. So, uh, obviously, so you two have, like, you, you guys created the show uh, a while ago now. Uh, we thought it'd be a good idea for all of us to sort of co-slash cross-host right. this episode. Obviously, yeah. we're all big football fans. Both of you guys, obviously, like like your Premier League as well. So, I assumed yeah. you watch this week's games. Uh, so as you did, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so I suppose we better just start off with the with the games on the weekend. So on Tuesday, well, sorry, this week, midweek games. We've got games uh, coming up this weekend as well. So we had Sheffield two, West Brom one. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that one. That was a pretty standard fixture, Ben, as we call it. Yeah, I mean, who would watch that one? Let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a particularly um, attractive fixture, but Sheffield, obviously. Are they going to get relegated? I mean, it doesn't look good for them, doesn't it? Uh, Chris Wilder's men. No, mm-hmm. it's
3: not looking good, is it? I mean, what, what, how did they have at Christmas
2: too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, from what I hear, Ian Wright thinks they'll stay up. So, said that match of the day. So, big. Ooh. that's a big statement to make. That is big. That is they're big,
0: actually. Go a, they're going to have to go on a big run, aren't they? Like, I reckon... Oh. I mean, how many games left? About 18, 19? Yeah. Um, They've got to win at least 10 of those, surely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think 10,
0: maybe maybe nine at a push. Nine at a draw.
1: They say say to avoid relegation, you need like 35 points, don't they? That's like the average, don't they? 35, 36 Mm -hmm. points. 40 points, you're usually definitely safe. And then 35, it's sort of hovering, isn't it? Obviously, West Brom as well in that uh, relegation battle. Big Sam, it looked good when he came in at first and now sort of the wind in his sails is quieting down a bit. Uh, I know they just got, who has it been? Maitland-Niles on loan? Maitland-Niles on loan, yeah. What do good we think sport. about Big Sam at West Brom?
3: Yeah, I was expecting a bit more activity in the transfer window,
2: if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. He's not strengthened the squad a great deal, has he? No. I think um, Snodgrass is a good addition, but again, I don't know if that would be enough to sort of change them too much, to be honest. They're, they're too defensively not
0: very sound, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not a classic big sound team, is it? Because when he went to Palace, <laughs> I remember he had, he had like, he brought that um, Milivojevic and he made them quite strong with physic. He had Benteke up front, Zahar and mm. things like that, but he's not really got that X-factor player at West Brom like he had at Palace. No. I think that's hurting them a yeah.
1: bit. So like, I think as well, yeah, they've got a striker as well. They're a... I think realistically, you know, look, looking at the quality of football in the Premier League, you know, they are really a championship side. You know, they're, they're in a league of giants, let's be honest. So for them, each week, getting you know, vital points, like one point here, one point here, uh, it, it means a lot to them. But I think I, we always say this every year, don't we, Ben? Because I, I would say Leeds have been the exception this year, the, the team that were promoted from the championship. But it is hard to sustain that level in the Premier League for 38 weeks, isn't it? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah so. especially a team coming up as well you know because West Brom are the typical yo-yo team aren't they yeah. I mean every every time you see the championship table and it's 35 games in you see West Brom top you're like oh here we go again
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah same with follow, isn't it as well yeah, no,
1: exactly. yeah. I think it would be uh, it would be nice to see like a Middlesbrough or something go up you never sort of they always hover as well Derby, Middlesbrough and you get yeah like a Swansea or a Norwich Brent. Uh, Brent really nice Brent okay. That's a good that'd shout. Another London day. club. Yeah, mm. yeah I, think if Brent, I think if Brentford went up, that would be what a record number of teams in the London teams in the Premier League. I think yeah. so. If, if Fulham
0: stay up as well, actually, that'll be six or seven, maybe. Yeah, London clubs.
2: That would be a big, wouldn't it? Yeah. Brentford's got a new stadium, hasn't yeah.
0: it? Mm. They have. Mm. Yeah. It, it looks quite. Um, it looks quite nice actually from the outside. It actually looks really nice, but. Uh, I think they've called it just the Brentford Community Stadium or something <laughs> boring like that. for a
3: sponsor. <laughs> uh,
1: Wolves 2, Arsenal 1. This was in quite interesting. I was expecting Arsenal here to get a result. Wolves obviously depleted without Raul Jimenez. Does anyone know when he's coming back?
2: Is he going to come back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't know. They've not really spoken much about him, I think, to be honest. I know he... They showed pictures of him. Was he watching a match a couple of weeks back? At New? Yeah. at so That's he's, like that, the last he, you heard from it, so I
1: don't know. Had a lovely scar on the side of his head that day, I remember as well, because yeah. he'd shaved his head, obviously, and you could see a
2: great big, fat yeah. scar.
1: And obviously, uh, Wolves playing Arsenal. It was against Arsenal last time that he got injured. So, yeah, so Wolves got the win. Bit of a revenge win, <laughs> it seems. Um, has anyone got any sort of Arsenal players in their fantasy team? I had Smith-Rowe. Oh, he's, he's, he, uh, he's had a bit of a, it's a sort of breakout season, isn't it, for Smith-Rowe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. They call him the Croydon De Bruyne, don't they? Yeah. I like that.
2: I don't, I don't know whether that's
0: a bit of a <laughs> bad look omen, maybe. So, yeah, uh, I'm when Emil Smith-Rowe is their, like, number one hero. I was glad Arsenal lost that, because, you could, you could always, uh, you could always rely on David Luiz to make <laughs> make a <an> mistake. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that was a penalty, Chris and Dan? Do you think it was a penalty, the the
2: balls one? I let you answer it first, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with,
3: with these ones, uh, I have a little bit of sympathy where it, it's accidental, in my opinion. But mm. at the same time, there's no near the ball? I'd put it in the clumsy category. Mm. So, um, you deserve everything you get when you defend clumsily in the box.
1: Right. It's 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 tough this year. We were just saying it, Ben, weren't we? Like, it's becoming like the lines are becoming so blurred now, literally and figuratively. You know, in in VAR, like, wh- where where do you drop the line? You know, I think it was Ings trying to get the equaliser the other day for Southampton, where it's what his fingernail or his finger or something is just over the line, but his feet and his body are behind the on behind the player, behind the defender. So the rules are changing all the time. It's
2: mad, isn't it? I mean, the way I think about it is obviously that Marsh, um, the other guy who fouled Marshall for Southampton, he did Mm. a very similar thing to what Louise did, Mm. and he's now had his rescinded, but Louise hasn't. So there has to be a bit of consistency, in my opinion, with that.
0: Mm. I think the rule also says that um, if you make an an attempt to play the ball when you make a foul, it's a yellow card, not a red, because you know double jeopardy, but. But then if you don't make an attempt, it's obviously a red card. So then you could easily just come in and swipe someone and win the ball. But it will be a, um, a yellow card. But then you can just clip someone without without kind of trying to play for the ball. And it's a red. So I, I don't really see the the logic in
2: that, to be Yeah,
3: they've made a mistake with that rule. The, the red card should be hinged on the intent being to take the player out in, mm. with, with it, without wanting to take the ball. They just want to take the player out and stop the goal squared opportunity. If it's an accident, I think they yeah. need to take a view on that. It shouldn't be a bad yeah. if it's a complete accident and it's innocuous.
2: Mm. Yeah. But also, that, I, I thought um, there was this double jeopardy rule as well that they are taking out that you you're tending not to give a red card and a penalty as well. I, was, I was always thought that they sort of took that out now of the game a lot more now. Well,
3: yeah. like, it's like Ben just said yeah, if, if they're making a challenge where they're trying to take the ball, that's where that comes in. It's only a yellow.
0: 'Cause I remember I think there was a game, I think it was Arsenal Bayern, like a few years ago, where that rule was really kind of um they didn't bring it in then, but it was that rule was being spoke about, being brought in. I think Ches- I think Chesney played for Arsenal at the time and he got sent off. It was early in the game. And Bayern went on and won like I think it was three or four nil. And I think since then they've kind of looked to change that rule, but it's still a bit yeah, still a bit wishy washy for
1: me.
3: You can just
0: say
3: that about so many rules. I think that's the problem, isn't
1: it? Yeah, there's so many rules that are wishy-washy at the minute. Yeah, yeah it's hard, it's hard but, to keep but up. Yeah. But we were just we were saying, weren't we, Ben? Because you know, credit where it's due to and respect to the other leagues around the world, La Liga and Bundesliga and the Serie A and obviously the French league. But the Premier League is is the best league in the world in terms of the most. It's the most established. It's the most viewed. Uh, financially speaking, I think it creates the most revenue why aren't we getting this right? You know, we're setting examples for the rest of the world and it's like, they can't get these decisions right. And, it, and, you know, if you look at the table, obviously you look at United and how, you know, it's affected them. Uh, how many penalties do they get? And how, how is VAR actually affecting the game in the, you know, the bigger picture? Because smaller teams aren't really benefiting from it, are they?
3: Yeah, I'll be honest, this might be a bit controversial, but I think VAR gets a hard rap. I think a lot of the problems we're seeing is because of the rules. It's the rules mm, that are being agree, applied. Yeah, VAR is just a tool to help them apply the rules, but the rules themselves yeah. is the problem, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I do think as well. Dan, they don't, the the rest still don't have the um, the sort of balls to sort of maybe look at the team monitor enough, and maybe mm. even still stick to their original guns. Yeah, I just feel that it's a lot of a fallback for refs to have as well, and that a lot of decisions that like they just go, right, then VAR says that. So I'm just going to go with that. So I don't want to get lambasted by the fans or by the FA for doing something wrong.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where a referee really sort of has to do their job, you know, which is to officiate the match rather than sort of, like you said, take the side of, of the, you know, the, the video assistant referee. So it is difficult, uh, but I just hope that VAR can be integrated into the game so that, the game can flow, and we don't have these three or four minute breaks. You know, go the ref going over to the monitor, and you know, players surrounding the ref, and this sort of thing. It's, it just breaks up the game and just ruins it. Um, but it's just how it's implemented.
0: Yeah, it's got totally it's got to be implemented right, isn't it? Because I think the offsides have been the toughest one to kind of establish because it's so annoying if you if you celebrate a goal and then you know your your, your toe or like a fraction yeah. of your body's side. You know, obviously, if it's clear, you kind of know it's clear. You know, I, I remember a few years ago. I don't know if um, Chris and Dan, you remember, but uh, As scored against Cardiff, and he was about three, four yards, like or oh, it was yeah, blatantly man. offside, and Neil Warnock was fuming after the game. <laughs> <and> understandably <laughs> so, but you know, VAR just it clears that up easily. You know, but it's just the, the tight ones that you just think oh, should have oh, no. really be disallowed for that.
2: It's when they start bringing out the lines and you know when you're watching a live game and they're bringing out the lines and you're like, oh no, you know what's going to happen here. Yeah. you know? And you just think that's no enjoyment there, is it? It's meant to be clear, a clear and obvious error. Mm. And if it's, I think, a bit sort of like other, get other sports, if it's that close, then you've got to either say, give it to the defender or to the attacker. They've got to make that abundantly clear. I think they should, in that case, give it to the attacker. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Wolves had one last season against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. His family member never scored that goal. And that Johnny was like, his thumb, fingernail was, his hand was up or something. And he just went over offside. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, isn't it?
3: The only thing that bothers me on that is the uh, where they draw the line and the fact that they're using it from the armpit and the shoulder now. Like parts of the body you can't really score with. And, <laughs> if someone scored with that part of the arm... That, the referee's not going to give it. It'll get pulled up for being handball, but they're drawing the line from the shoulder <laughs> and the arm.
0: They say the sleeve as well, don't they? But what if someone's wearing long-sleeve shirt? <laughs> what, they well, they're supposed to do it from their wrist or something? <laughs>
2: it's, it's it's, it makes you game. laugh now, because you hear comments on social media, like uh, I know someone was commenting on Shay Adams, you know, the goal against Man U, Yeah, we yeah. about. that wasn't yeah. like? Someone's like, well, did you not see his arm? His arm's offside. And you're like reading them thinking... Are you actually looking at what you eat, what you're putting down there, mate? You're saying yeah. the arms offside. It's just, it just yeah. sounds ridiculous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Um, so moving on to obviously, so Newcastle one, Palace two. Another sort of fixture that we'd sort of normally gloss over. Uh, Palace, but sort of two mid mid-table teams there. Newcastle. Uh, a lot of people saying Steve Bruce is going to leave Newcastle. I wouldn't be surprised about that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, so Roy Hodgson's Palace. Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually see this game. Do you know who scored the goals? Was it? Uh, I'm guessing Zaha. Maybe Benteke had some no, involved. No, no, no. Cahill no Cahill. Completely wrong.
3: It was uh, gone.
1: Riedervold and Gary Cahill. Oh, guys, Ex-Chelsea player there. <laughs>
2: um,
1: yeah, like Gary Cahill. Well, that's, that's a that's a sort of sort of good result for Palace. And obviously the big game this weekend that we can't avoid. Man United nine, Southampton zero. I can't believe I'm sort of reading that out loud. Where, where yes. did it all go wrong for Southampton? Where did it go wrong? Well, in the second minute, they had a <laughs> debut in the centre.
2: Yeah.
0: I think from then it just went downhill,
1: didn't <laughs> it, seemed to like just, if the camera kept going to him after each goal had gone in, a bit more of his soul had just like gone away after each of the goals had gone in. Oh, for him. Did oh. anyone have um, Jan Bednarek in the fantasy team?
3: Thankfully No, thankfully No someone who did. Home goal and a red card.
2: Oh, I'm
0: guessing... I I don't know if it was fake, but I did see something on Twitter that someone triple-capped in him. (laughs) (laughs) And they got like minus 21 or something. Oh, (laughs) brilliant.
2: Yeah, I saw someone had... Bednarek
1: and Leno, didn't they, as well? And Louise <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, talk about luck. That's that is. Shocking. That is yeah. literally shocking. And then imagine actually having players, like good players on the bench as well, getting you points. This is, but that's how fantasy works, isn't it? You literally yeah. you can't <laughs> yeah. pick it. That's, it's, that's the beauty of it. So, 9-0. Right, Juan Bissaka, Rashford, Bednarek, obviously the own goal, Cavani, Martial with two goals, McTominay, Fernandez gets his obligatory penalty Ben as uh, as we say every week and, and uh, uh, Dan James as well got, got a late goal I mean United it's hard to say that they don't look frightening when they're good because when they're good they're really good this season they've sort of come out of nowhere because I mem- I, mem- I remember they were saying a couple of what about two months ago that they want to give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the sack so and now obviously he's got all this confidence you know
0: yeah I think their attack's pretty good isn't it you've got Rashford, Cavani, Martial, um, like as an attack, I think they're. Mm. I think Martial's a bit overrated for me. I don't think he does enough. But Cavani, obviously proven, proven world class striker. You've got uh obviously yeah, Finale, like Pogba, people like that. So their attack's pretty good. I think just their defense, because you look at games like I think they played Southampton and won three two, and you think yeah, well without good attack they lose that game, you know. So. I think that's why they go cagey in a lot of the big games because you've seen a lot of nil-nils they've had against the big teams this season. So that's probably why they do, they play like that.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. And um, he likes to set up with um, lots of protection for the defence in midfield. Pogba, McTominay, and Matic Fair, as well. Mm. To get them in rotation. Mm. So I think, um, I think he's a bit weary that his defence isn't that robust. and They are leaking goals. But like you said, they just managed to to basically get the wins out, don't they, somehow? Not yeah. most deserving as well.
1: Yeah, I can't,
2: I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Luke Shaw has been good, hasn't he, as well? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying this, but
1: yeah. Well, yeah, this is, yeah. They're talking about, well, there was a poll on Twitter. Uh, I think they were sort of talking about the best four left-backs in the league. They put Shaw at the top. I think Chilwell was up there. Yeah, Robertson, I think he was there as well. Obviously, like this season, Liverpool, maybe not as... Frightening as they were uh, to the rest of the league as they were last season, but yeah, he's definitely improving, isn't he, Luke Shaw? I think I, I sort of admire United for sticking with him as well because he's been there a while now, and they could have let him go, they could have sent him on loan, they could have done anything with him, but he's sort of just proven himself, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think he's played his way into the um Euro squad at the moment, isn't he? Because you look it's hard at it to left- say
1: for England, yeah,
0: left backs are a bit. You know, we used to have Danny Rose; he's not obviously not around anymore. Um, mm playing so Chilwell will probably go and then you look at Shaw he's in 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 form at the
1: moment so he probably has to go
2: Mm,
1: I would agree with that I think I think he's been quite essential to United's success as well I mean because this season this season's United are a completely different sort of team to what they were sort of a couple seasons ago I mean we sort of used to laugh at United didn't we a couple seasons ago they weren't you know they weren't performing Uh, I think Cavani's an excellent addition. I think any he gets into any team. I'm not just sort of bigging the guy up, but he's he's just a solid top striker, isn't he? Um yeah. Can come on for anyone and get a goal. Uh and then obviously the, yeah with progression in players like Luke Shaw, Wan Bissaka's been good as, as well, isn't he? Pogba. What what's our opinion on Pogba here? Because
2: I think he the guy's overrated. I can't stand him. Probably get more respect if he didn't have a uh, agent the agent that he's got probably but um, that. Yeah, he's a he seems to turn up for the big games, doesn't he? But barring that, he tends to shy away from other bits sometimes.
1: Ninety million, yeah. Thanks. I was to say, Dan. Yeah, when he came when he came from Juventus, he was the new kid on the block. He was supposed to be, you know, hot shit. He was supposed to be the uh, well, he was going to obliterate the Premier League, tear it up, and that's sort of been what Kevin De Bruyne has been doing the last couple of years. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 he's a good footballer, obviously. Pogba, he's talented, and I just don't see him sort of succeeding at United. So, yeah, he's obviously doing better now, but I don't know about his future there.
3: I think what people expected was that he was going to take the game by the scruff of the neck every week, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do it. He rarely does it. That's where yeah. he falls short for me.
0: Yeah, I think the, the problem is though. I think after the World Cup, when he won the World Cup, I thought he, then he'd just kick on, like... Right? Because he had such a good World Cup that year, but then he was surrounded by Cante, Matuidi, and people like that. So mm. I just think that yeah, he just—I think maybe his ego just went from there to sort of there afterwards. Yeah, yeah.
1: You
0: yeah. Know? And he probably was just kind of not down tools, but you know, probably didn't work as hard or just thought, yeah, I'm I'm the big guy. I've won a World Cup. You know, I don't yeah. really need to do.
3: Bit of a spat with
1: Mourinho, didn't he? It didn't help. It didn't Shop, help his yeah. Episode. <laughs> he, um, I, I think he's like because I don't want him to be a sort of waste of talent. I don't want to be speaking about him in five, ten years time and saying, Oh, he was, he was, you know, he's a flop here. He was a flop there." Because you know he's a good player. I remember sc- him at Juventus scoring wonder goals, and I love to see a, a centre mid who's got that sort of all around package uh, that he uh, that he had. <laughs> Burnley nil, Man City 2, the other Manchester team that looks set, poised to win the league. That was a sort of easy win for them. Uh, Burnley been sort of putting up good fights against big teams, haven't they, recently? I think Man City, though, I feel
0: like they've played Burnley six times a season. Like they just, yeah. Every <laughs> week you look at the pictures and you see Man City are playing Burnley. Like, come on, they've, they've had a nice ride recently, Man City, haven't they? They've had a really nice run of games. Mm. Burnley is just they don't really spend much, do they? And Dice, Dice, has done a really good job there, to be fair, but you just feel like, all those, all those clubs that sort of sit, you know, from 10th to 15th, every yeah. season, it might get quite boring as a fan, I don't, I don't know, I just find it a bit, I'd rather them being like a re- relegation, but at least, like at least then, it might be a change, <laughs> and then you get someone in, but at least you're on your edge of your seat, kind of, oh, it's a must-win game, when you're 13th, with eight games to go, and you're 10 points above relegation,
2: <laughs>
1: Is there any point in the rest of the season? <laughs> and that is such a you thing to say. Like, I can't, I can't.
2: this is. Uh... You're like Burnley, though, haven't you? Because they always start the season so badly, and then everyone <laughs> goes, "Oh, they're going to go. This is going to be the season they're going to go down." And then they suddenly come out with just some weird and wonderful results for them, don't they?
1: Yeah. Did you see? Did so, anyone see the the press conference that Dyche gave the other day? By the way,
2: I had a chance yet. I know it's been trending, though, hasn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, he was. so funny.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he he said he likes to be compared to a Triple H. I think that's the the WWE wrestler or something. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Uh, No, he's a funny guy, isn't he? I think he's he's really down to earth and every sort of he's a really he's a real professional, and I like that uh, in a manager. He's, I think he just does the best with what he's got. I think any other manager probably couldn't do what he does with Burnley. Like uh, he's got. not not the best players to hand, uh, Jay Rodriguez and sort of, I mean, I know he's got like James Tarkovsky, who's good, and obviously Nick Pope's a fantastic goalkeeper as well. But um, yeah, he he sort of exceeds expectations. So for them to sort of retain, you know, staying in the Premier League and getting sort of between that 10th and 15th role, that's that's good for a club like Burnley. How about seeing
2: Daesh as Newcastle manager? Yeah. Did that go go down well? Yeah, not with I mean, those fans,
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> struggles to think, well, yeah, Newcastle won, but from Bruce to Dyche, I don't think that's uh, <laughs> that's
1: really moving sideways, popular. that's not,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's <laughs> that's just going there, isn't it? I yeah, mean, um, they even, they even, I don't want to say they don't look alike, obviously, but I feel it's like the same sort of it'd be the same type of manager, long balls, it would be uh, yeah, sort of box to box football. No, I, th- I, th- I think, um. No, Daesh has got, you know, he is a good manager. Um, funnily enough, I was in the same room as him once about four years ago at an event at Stamford Bridge, actually, and uh, I heard him speak, and he sort of had time for everyone, so he seems like a top bloke. So, obviously, Man City 2, Burnley nil. Leicester City 2, Fulham nil. Did we all watch this one? See the highlights, at least.
2: What do you
0: think, a the result?
3: Well, Very good result. Yeah. Bounced back after losing at Leeds at the weekend. Mm. Uh, it was a good performance. So They're on the front foot from the start. Very creative. Mm. backs push well forward again. And then in the second half, we controlled the game without necessarily having possession the whole game, which is mm. what Rogers has really improved on this season. Compared to all his stints at all of the clubs, Leicester are really good without the ball. I think
1: Rogers deserves a lot of praise for that. They, the obvious, obviously, Leicester are doing very well this season uh, in the Premier League as well. Do you have top four hopes? Do you want top four? Or is it realistic to say maybe you get fifth, Europa League, maybe even sixth? To be honest, um,
3: we're, we're not a club that's had Europa League football year after year after year. Hmm. If we can have that, and once we're allowed in stadiums again, if we can go to games in Europe, that would be yeah. huge for the Leicester fan base. So really, that's,
1: that's, the, that's what we want to achieve. Anything more than that's a bit of a bonus because I remember obviously Leicester sorry man I, was, I remember Leicester as well obviously like um, I think it was last season or, wait, or maybe even this season in the uh, Europa League you, you did quite well I think you beat Braga like 3-0 and then 4-0 after 4-0, yeah, yeah. smashed him yeah 4-0 so uh, yeah obviously you've got the goals in you and obviously proving that you can take on European opposition and uh, do well so obviously good luck to Leicester in, in sort of Europe as well
0: um, Maguire and obviously Chilwell have left and i think that's been um, kind of understated a little bit because they were sort of key not key players but they were sort of um, big players for you guys weren't they for Leicester yeah. i know you got good money for for them but kind of to lose kind of two of your best players from from the team and you just seem to have it just seems to have been a natural sort of replacement like for and i think castagne you've bought as well yeah. so what do you make of the, the recruitment uh, it's well?
3: just i think it's unparalleled really no one mm-hmm. recruits better than leicester at the minute um, we had Johnny Evans at the club before Maguire left, but then we also brought in Soyuncu mm. who was a fantastic player last season, and then Fafana this year who's already shown that he's a top-level Premier League player Yeah, uh, come coming, like you say he hit the ground running from the first game he looks like a Premier League player straight away mm. uh, James Justin's emerged as well uh, Yeah, back on the other side whose improvement has been unbelievable this year so yeah, I don't know, I don't know how they do it Every player they buy, they play a really
0: important role in the team and they shine. Fair play to Leicester as well. Because when you won the league in yeah. 2016, obviously it was a real outsider. And like some clubs probably would have, if that happened to other clubs, they probably would have thought, oh, we've won the league. We'll take off, off the gas a little bit. But Leicester haven't really really done that. I know initially it was tough because Ranieri left, Shakespeare come in. But sort of now, it, since Rodgers has come in, he sort of wants to take Leicester back to, maybe not win the league, but... Compete for the top four, and the fact you're in the top four again this season, with it kind of buries the myth that Europa League football is a bit of a hindrance on a team. I think
3: Leicester they're they're very ambitious. Uh, The owners, especially, they've always been very ambitious. When they took over, they said they wanted to win the Premier League within five years. It's unbelievable they actually did that from mid-table in the Championship. They're they're serious businessmen, and they 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 really do put a lot of investment into the club. Um, The recruitment has been amazing. And they've made no secret that they want to be playing in Europe. They want to be competing for trophies. And obviously Mm. that's transcended to all the fans. It's a great club to support them.
0: Also, on on behalf of all Chelsea fans, we're so happy you won that league. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just thanks to you
3: that we did. (laughs) (laughs) That was all against This is true.
0: The fact you you just kept Tottenham at bay was perfect. (laughs) We enjoyed that a lot.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was was really good.
0: (laughs) Raniere yeah. class for him.
3: Yeah, and it was it was so charming with all his uh, interviews with the media throughout that season. It, it wouldn't have been a special mm. if we did it with any other manager. You can't <laughs> understate his yeah.
1: role at all. Dilly dilly dong. You gotta love it. You gotta love this guy. So likable. So likable. Obviously, so Leicester two Fulham nil. Yeah, I, was, I mean Leicester. They, you've got you know that the players you know need, needed to sort of. Do well. I mean, you've got a great goalkeeper in Schmeichel as well. Obviously, Vardy's being out at the moment. There's rumour of Diego Costa going to a top six Premier League club, and a lot of people are saying it could be Leicester because the way that we worked it out, when we said when someone says top six, you obviously immediately think of the best six teams in England, but you would sort of remove the top four out of that. So you, what you've got left is maybe Leicester, Spurs, and you know maybe Chelsea uh, there as well. So would you be happy with Diego Costa at uh, at Leicester? No, <laughs> too many too many problems and
3: uh, infights with him. Um, don't want any of that at Leicester. Thanks.
0: I thought you'd miss Vardy a bit more, but um, probably did against Leeds. But against Fulham, it was he wasn't really needed, was he? It was a good performance.
3: Yeah, we do miss him when he doesn't play. We haven't got a replacement, and we're starting to become a bit of a worry. Mm. But um, Ian Acho played well against Fulham. Um, he Scored one, had another one disallowed. Uh, Josie Perez has not really filled that role, but um, we've got other options as well. From like Harvey Barnes, he could he could do a job if we needed it. So yeah, we've managed.
1: Leeds one, Everton two. This is, I kind of tipped this game to be quite well. It was a good game. Um, it sort of had it all. Very end to end stuff. The way. Obviously, these are two exciting teams we've got here at the moment. Leeds sort of can score against anyone. They've proved that uh, for sure. Everton this year as well, Ben, under Angelotti. We've said before, haven't we, that uh, well he can work his magic. He's made, what, Dominic Calvert-Lewins having a sort of breakout season. and But Leeds obviously providing that challenge as well. Uh, 2-1 Everton in the end. Another good game. Good for fantasy points as well, if anyone had uh, had players in for this.
0: Yeah, I had Calvert Lewin in mine. He scored, didn't he? Did Calvert Lewin get the second? Thingy got an assist as well, so I was happy with that. Yep.
1: Oh, <clears throat> although missed out on the clean sheet, but I just, I just can't believe. I want to know what the percentage of time spent squatting that Marcelo Bielsa does per <laughs> ninety minutes. I just I want to see because he he doesn't stand that much, but the guy's knees must be knackered. I was watching the Leicester game
3: versus Leeds at the weekend. My wife said, Has he got hemorrhoids?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I look so miserable.
1: <laughs> he, uh, well, he, he sort of sits, sometimes he sort of sits on a what looks like the drinks cooler or something. But my sister, well, I, I watch sometimes the football with my sister and my grandma. And They always say, like, Why don't they get him a chair or something? They're just like squatting. I don't know. <laughs> it's the key to success. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Also yes. I'd love
2: to know um, whether the interpreter actually says what he actually says in all <laughs> the interviews where he has yeah. the interpreter whether it's actually true what he says, whether he just makes it up. I'd love to <laughs> know So it doesn't look like he listens to what Bias is even saying. I think he's just already thought, Well, this is what I think, <laughs> so i just say that.
1: Yeah. Especially if <laughs> he's a bit angry it? after a win as well, or a loss. Wasn't it at Chelsea where they had an interpreter
3: who couldn't actually speak Italian? And, he made yeah, it and up. he's yeah. talking Italian, and this, the interpreters get going. Yeah, it's a game of two arms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that was that might. I think that's when Sarri was manager. That might have been because he had an interpreter a lot. I think, you know, yeah. He, he, yeah, I think he did an interview with uh, after I think he lost to Arsenal or someone, and the interpreter actually did basically the interview for for him. For us. <laughs> like,
1: state it's like a. It's like when Gary Neville went to Valencia or uh, what, Moyes when he was at Real Sociedad when he tried to speak Spanish. just doesn't work, does it? <laughs> classic. Classic that is.
2: Or, or McLaren's version would be turning to be Dutch. was quite a good.
0: Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> Barton and French as well.
2: Barton, that's a
1: <clears> classic <throat> one, isn't it? Can't avoid that one. Leeds, yeah, obviously. So Leeds, I, thought, I don't know how you lot feel about them. I think they're going to, I mean, to state the obvious, I think they're going to stay up this season in the Prem. I think they do well to sort of get top 10, to be honest. If they sort of get top 10, I think that'll be a job done for them. They'll have sort of, I wouldn't say, exceeded expectation because they've got sort of good players. But um, that'll be sort of job done.
3: I think they've established themselves as a Premier League team already.
1: Mm. So, yeah. A successful season. 100%. Mm. 100%. Aston Villa 1, West Ham 3. Right. Jesse Lingard. I was about to say, we, this is going to be a talking point of today's episode, but we don't really... <laughs> I mean, the, the guy scores two goals on his debut for West Ham. I don't know what's more predictable. West Ham buying old, washed-up players from big teams or, uh, I don't know, Lingard scoring on a debut. It just doesn't really all add up. It's, uh, what do we make of this?
2: Can I just say, with just... those two goals, am I the only one that's saying that Martinez should have done better with both of them? I, I, haven't,
1: I haven't seen
0: the West Ham goals, actually. I haven't oh, seen I, the goals. Oh, actually.
1: Ben. Yeah. Ben. Sit, mate. I, I
0: was watching <laughs> that Liverpool's game. Yeah.
2: I thought, he's, I thought he's, he's hit them with power, but I think Martinez, the goalkeeper that he is, should have got he had his hand on both of them, but I think he should have saved at least one of them. But I had, fair play I had, to Lingard, he had a cracking game, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic game. I had Martinez in my fancy, so that, that messed that up as well. But yeah, Lingard, you'd have thought, like, especially Lingard's second goal, he sort of just powered it right at the keeper and he sort of just butterfingers. He's just sort of let it go in. Yeah. Um, he got a touch to it, but I don't know, he should have done better there. But yeah, two goals on his debut. Do you reckon he'll stay at West Ham or do, do you reckon United want him back after that?
0: He might as well. He might as well stay at West Ham. He's not He's not going to play for United again, is he? I can't see how he plays for Man U again when they've got Bruno, Pogba, even Van Greenwood coming through, Van der de Beek, Beek, Martial, yeah. Rashford, Cavani. All attacking players. I don't see how he fit in.
3: Yeah, he's putting himself in the shot window though. If you're not West Ham, it might be someone else. Brighton have probably him. Oh, yeah, that's,
1: that's a that's shout! A shout. <laughs> that is a shout! They've they already snapped like up Welbeck and Lalana. I think um, exactly. I think that would be that be another one as well, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. So obviously yeah. West Ham winning three-one. Moise, uh, I think he's always well, nominated for manager of the month of January. He's uh, he's done quite a good job with West Ham. I think we should probably talk about. I mean, Suchek as well. I mean he's really had a good sort of couple of months, good sort of season as well. So, yeah, that's a bit, a bit surprising from West Ham, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, I put them to go down. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> I saw the shambles that I played, I think it was against Newcastle, um, first game of the season, and they just looked poor. <laughs> but obviously, Sousa Su- <laughs> had um, Corona then, didn't he? I think. And then obviously yeah, he the board in four as well have not they is the mm. right back who's been really good as well, mm. and it seems like he knows knows what sort of way to play now, and I'll sin that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they're they're very good they're good they're good at the moment, aren't
1: they yeah it, certainly i think they they've definitely exceeded expectation uh they've got that uh is pa- Pablo Fornells as well, he's a bit of a baller isn't he? He can do a few things um yeah, so obviously West Ham with the win 3-1. Now, I've got to talk about this, Chris. I'm sorry about this, mate. Liverpool oh, no, nil. no, it's a good
2: talking point talking for people, <laughs> isn't it?
1: Right, Liverpool nil, Brighton one. Where did it go wrong? What is your analysis of this?
2: They didn't get started, did they? But first of all, Brighton played excellently. They defended... Resolutely, their attack, they attack. They weren't afraid to attack in numbers. Mm. Uh, there's no. I think they just got outplayed every area of the pitch, and it's concerning because seeing the same sorts of thing with Burnley was a lot more of a different game. Obviously, they were banks of banks of four, but Brighton mm. defended in that similar type tact, and we do, And Liverpool just can't seem to break down, break them down, and it's concerning because obviously the, this is what used to be their stumbling block all, about three years ago. Yeah, so I can see the match against Man City will probably win at the weekend, but against the lower lower teams that you expect to three points, mm. I don't know. But fair play to Brighton, it could have been more. They've been on form as well, haven't they? Brighton, I don't think they've lost in four. So, Graham Potter is also I've been...
1: getting manager of the month sort of nominations as well, isn't he? I've said to
0: Ollie on miss. Countless times about Brian, they 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 always every time I watch them, they play well, but they never seem to just get the results. I mean, yeah. this I saw them. Oh, who was it against? I can't remember at the start of the season, but they played so well and they did. Man
1: United, Manu, Manu, million percent. Yeah,
0: it was Man United. Yeah, they hit the they they hit robbed three times, and I said, like, yeah, penalty in the last minute, and yeah, they deserved at least a point. And I thought oh, it would be a shame With- if they went down. I, I but they've beaten now Tottenham and Liverpool in two games, so.
2: And and also um, Dan Byrne as a wing back, like the tallest ever wing back you've ever <laughs> how, seen. How does that? Work? I mean, he got up and down the pitch. I, I've never seen so much activity from a six foot six central <laughs> <Ben>. defender before. <laughs> well, we were just <laughs> they saying, had his, weren't we? pants down, didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, well,
1: we were just saying as well that uh, that's got to be Brighton's back four. How to, it was like Hadrian's Wall, wasn't it? You had uh, Lewis Dun- <laughs> <laughs> Who else do you have, Ben? You had. Uh, Webster Webster uh, Web,
2: yeah. Dunck I mean there was one there's one bit in the game where Dunk just flew himself at the ball like <laughs> John Terry style just like one man wall. And I was just I was just impressed with them and like when they got players back like Lamp, Lamptey I think yeah. he's injured yeah. at the moment he's, yeah. you know I, I think they've, they've done enough this season hopefully to stay up but you know, they'll be just need progress, progressing up a bit more with a bit more strength in depth, and to keep to the same ethos, they could be quite dangerous next year. Hundred percent. teams. What do
0: you think with Liverpool, Chris? Do you think that um, stuff needs to change in in the summer? Do you think?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one there, mate. To be honest, um, we depend a lot on Mane, which yeah. is evident from the game at the w- midweek. He puts a lot of energy in. We might need to look at getting ourselves a similar type player to that. I think we do need... I think Ronaldum's contract needs to be sorted out as well. Mm-hmm. And he needs really a bit more of a plan B, I think. Maybe look at a different way of playing. There's been massive holes with strength and depth as well um, in certain areas. You shouldn't be moving midfielders into defensive roles, central defender roles. I mean, I think we had, we've had Fabinho doing it and now Henderson. And that just disjoints totally the way that we play. So... Yeah. Mm. it's interesting like you said when you
1: see sort of Henderson playing center back and like you said it does expose your midfield a little bit as well obviously Liverpool are a class team and they've got obviously squad uh, sorry bench depth as well so yeah it is a bit weird and like you said Brighton are a bit of a giant killer like they turn up against the big clubs and I think that I don't don't, I'm not saying they should be feared but I'm like it's not a game that you should just take for granted I think Brighton are always going to turn up the heat they've got Trossard they've got I mean, I know he's he's uh, in his sort of late latter stages in his career, but Welbeck is perfectly capable of scoring goals. They've got Lalana now. See Lancy when he's fit. So yeah, they've they've, they've got a team there, uh, Brighton, and obviously Graham Potter is getting the most out of the players that he's got available. So
2: one thing that does surprise me with them is um, Matt Ryan leaving. Mm, um, I think yeah. I found that was a bit of a shock one, but I guess that's internal politics because. I thought it was, he made a few mistakes, but he wasn't due to be sort of loaned out to be sitting on the bench at Arsenal. I thought I thought it could have probably worked his way back into the team. But. Mm. So did, he's a player. Didn't
0: he, didn't he get injured? And then they they played that um, was it Sanchez, Sanchez yeah. yeah, and he, he's looked all right, isn't he? I mean, yeah. him. So, but um, I think with just going back to Liverpool quickly, I think that. It's been weird because when you've had no, obviously no Van Dyke and, and Gomez, people thought, "Are oh, they going to ship a lot of goals in?" But it's been your attack that's been yeah. been the problem. But I always think yeah. if you have a, if you trust your defense, your attack will be better.
2: Yeah, because
0: and I think the attackers just look like they're playing within themselves a bit because they can't yeah. be that free flowing because uh, they don't really trust the defense at the moment.
2: I think I think that's a problem, and you got players like Thiago where they're... I, where he's obviously trying to gel, bed himself into into the team, and I, I think it's just finding the right partnership with him as well. Is I think we we seem to be getting he seems to be getting the ball, as personally, quite deep in almost our own territory where we don't want him to be. And like I say, we've we've got people playing in just slightly different. It's just unbalanced a little bit, and I think Klopp's just trying to wing it a bit. I'd personally play play always play two defenders, even if you know. Like that knew that that stuck the Turkish guy probably would have started him, <clears throat> but instead of Henderson and put Henderson up in midfield. But obviously. and
1: uh, you just got in uh, someone else from Preston as well. Who was that?
2: Yeah, Davis. Ben Davies, Davis. Yeah, for about five hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's an interesting one. He's a left footer. I think. I think matic's probably on his way out now by the signs of things. Because he, yeah, he just gets, gets injured too much. And, he, he, um, watch,
1: watch he'll go to a team like Galatasaray or somewhere in Turkey. Like, <laughs> it's so typical, like of a 32-33 like, <laughs>
2: Exactly. I think we yeah. do need some more... Um, Origi just doesn't seem to be... He's off form, whether he just doesn't play enough, he's not sharp enough, but he just doesn't look quite quite right. You could sort of say the same sort of a Shaqiri, but... Again,
1: they're, they're fringe players, so you've got to think about what you want to do. Tottenham nil, Chelsea one. Ben, we can be happy about this. Any win over Tottenham's a good one. To be honest, I would I would have taken a draw, but for us to get a clean three points against those North London—I don't know what they are—but yeah, those Spurs. It was good, wasn't it? Good feeling. Yeah,
0: it was. We played well as well. Like it, it mm. should have been more than. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Chris and Dan, but I think it should have been more than more than one nil. I think I think we bossed it from start to finish.
2: Do you feel with Tuchel in charge, like he's brought players back from the dead? You know, your Alonzo's and Cal yeah. and Adoy. I saw was playing ring back. Was he at one game almost? Yeah.
0: And... He played because I've been crying out for Hudson Adoy to play now, like yeah. regularly for ages. Ever since he made his debut on the sorry. He's just—he just looks like a player, and I've That's never understood why he's not—he's not played more regularly. I think people just look at his age and think he's never really had a loan spell. He kind of went from the youth team straight into the first team, pretty much. He's never really had a loan spell, so and the, obviously the rumours with Bayern didn't help. When when he was linked with Bayern, it was um, kind of just threw his head a little bit, I think, because you probably thought you saw Sancho go and make a success of it. Well, you know, can I go to Bayern and do the same? But he just looks every time I see him he just looks like a good player and Lampard just didn't use him enough for whatever reason i don't I don't know why, but he's he's just such a good player and two well, I wasn't too keen on him at the start um but, I mean it's only been three games, but we do look like there's a clear kind of structure to how we're playing now, whereas under frank it it kind of depleted a little bit the last few weeks a month so. I think Tuchel obviously he's used to working with big players like you know Mbappé, Neymar, people like that. So yeah, I thought hopefully I mean it's only an eighteen month contract, but I hope he kind of gets us in the top four, maybe nick an FA Cup this season, and then hopefully go for the league next year.
1: I was I would say I was initially like a bit bewildered with the appointment of Thomas Tuchel, like that they they'd sort of lined him up and t- t- for Frank's replacement. I think there was other. Choices available, weren't there, Ben? Like that, that potentially. I mean, there was talk, there was talk of Rafa Benitez coming back to Chelsea potentially. He pit- was so popular there, wasn't he? That's- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's an interesting one, but like like you said, too cool. He's got that sort of pedigree, hasn't he? He's worked with big players and been at successful clubs, so hopefully he can bring that winning, successful culture. To Chelsea I think in, in terms of managing personalities as well like you said he's, he's been around your Mbappes your Neymars and so that, I think that should be fine I think Chelsea's you know sort of stumbling point uh, towards the end when Frank Lampard was on his way out was the fact that we didn't maybe take enough risks you know we started off the season really really well uh, obviously we had all these new brand new players coming to the club obviously the, the addition of uh, Mendy the keeper was the main. Uh, <laughs> We needed Kepper out uh, as soon as possible, so we got Mendy in, and then just with in terms of Ziyech, Havertz, Werner, it, it's just been baby steps. But I mean, particularly Havertz, Ben, I think you can agree, has been hasn't been the best business to be honest. Ninety million for a guy that has contributed nothing. Let's be honest. In eighteen games, they did a stat, didn't they? Lingard in two games, two two goals, and then Havertz eighteen games, zero goals. So I think, yeah. yeah.
0: I do feel for him a little bit because, yeah. Ho- hopefully, Tuchel gets the best out of him because mm. obviously you know the German connection. But I just yeah, I just I don't see a I don't see a top player there. I just don't I don't see it. Mm. I, don't, I don't see how, why we paid eighty million for him. I, I see a bit of Özil about him. too. he looks a bit lazy and <laughs> slow on the ball. And he is know, something
1: about him. Yeah. Also, do we do we have room for like because he's more of well, he's sort of like a number 10. He's like a centre-attacking midfielder, isn't he? And I think, obviously, the way Chelsea play, we, we sort of use wingers and, and strikers, but we, we don't really play that way. So he's got to either adapt, you know, under a new system and, and potentially become a new sort of player. But we'll see. That's that's what sort of Tuchel's hopefully going to bring. And I hope that, you know, we've got the players available. I mean, you know, we've got good players.
2: Uh, we've got all the tools. It's just hopefully if Tuchel can put it all together. I personally think that your squad's quite overly stacked. To be honest, yeah. with quality players, I don't know how its going to be a real balancing act to keep everyone happy. And I think that's what was Frank's problem. I think yeah. you know, once everyone's fit, what what's your best formation? What's your best team? Because you've got so many good players, and to fit in, it's just—it's a bit of a, a mind boggler, isn't it? To sort yeah. you no. Know,
0: I think that was the problem Frank had. He didn't know what his best system or team was. Yeah. And I think if you don't, you know, if you look at it, like Rogers for example, he's you know, he's playing sort of a back three now and he's kind of honed in on it. Whereas yeah. Frank was kind of chopping and changing It was 4-3-3 three, three, one week and it was a back three the next. It was 4 3, <laughs> three one 4-4-2, four, four, you know. It was yeah. like can constantly chopping and changing. You don't mind the odd game if you think that you're going to exploit a team playing a certain way. But when you're doing it a little, you know, too much and you're not sure what your best system is, I think that's a bit of a concern. But it looks yeah. like two said, right, I'm going to play back three, that's it. You know, we're not going to change and just see how it goes and so far it's worked but obviously it's still a long way to go.
2: Can, before we move on, what did you think of the treatment of Tomori? Because Arthur was a quality player and I was quite surprised that he's, he went to AC Milan and obviously, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw his uh, stats on his debut but he's, yeah. he's been mm. immense when he was there, you know, the yeah. first game he played for Milan. And I thought he's really good, and then he just seems to be frozen out. I mean, has something happened behind the scenes, do you think, with that? Or it I don't get it.
0: I honestly don't get it. He was he was really good last season when he played. I, I, he's better than Christiansen, in my opinion. He's better than Rudiger. Yep. I don't understand it. And the fact that AC Milan wanted him, I said it's dually, didn't I? It's the fact that AC Milan, the leaders of Serie A, wanted it. It's not Torino or Fiorentino. Yeah. <laughs> The leaders of Serie A, even Paolo Maldini's looked at him and gone, "Oh, he looks, he looks decent." Yeah, He's not even played this season, so they've looked at last season's tapes and games. Like <laughs> i do not even it. It's such a it's, weird one.
1: I think you you just hit the nail right there on the head, there, Chris. I think about like to, towards the end about Frank and him not being able to sort of use all the good players that we've got. You know, Chelsea. Yeah, we've we've got a, a deep bench. You could probably draw up like three different team sheets of like starting players. Like you've got to give players like Abraham a chance, like Hudson Adoy. They're the uh, obviously younger ones that the Chelsea products that we've sort of brought through, but then you want Pulisic to play as well. But then you don't want to ignore like, like I mean, I know Christensen came on the other day for Thiago Silva, but you know, you, you don't want to ignore players because obviously everyone's fighting for their place in in the starting eleven, so it is difficult. But obviously, it's, it's a job that the manager is responsible for. But yeah, hopefully, I think I think the general feeling, Ben, would you, is positive about Tuchel, Would you say? At the moment, yeah. But like,
0: like we said, it's only three games. I'm worried about Silver's injury though. If that's bad, then we could look a little bit light at the back.
1: I think mm, he just gave. He's so much confidence, isn't he? Confident player at the back. Yeah, I've
0: just got it. He's 36.
1: I wish he was 28. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, as I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he would have had that injury if he was 10 years younger. Cause that, and, and, I, as, and I don't say that, like, that's just something that comes with age. Like, naturally, I think he's got his stretch, hasn't he? He's gone. Thank God it's not his hamstring or his ACL. Or was it his hamstring, actually?
0: No, but I thought it was his hamstring. I think it's his thigh or quad thigh. or something. Yeah, I mean, thigh. That's, that's usually not too serious. But, yeah, hopefully it's not a tear or anything like that. Because that, that yeah. could be a while Especially with Atletico around the corner. Oh,
1: don't. First, lads, uh, just to quickly sort of do an upcoming FA Cup predictions, let's have a look at the games coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we've got Burnley v Bournemouth on Tuesday 9th. That's literally, you've got one team in the Championship there looking to beat a very... That's a winnable game for Bournemouth if, if you looked at that. If you are Bournemouth and you've got Burnley in the fifth round, 16 teams left, that's kind of a dream fixture if you're Bournemouth, really.
0: They just sat their manager as well, didn't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, Jason, yeah. Jason Tindall.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was I was surprised about that. He had 25 years at the club and obviously as assistant manager for um, Eddie Howe, wasn't he, for a while when they gave him the role?
1: Yeah.
2: The pressure though, is not it? I think
1: yeah. they lost a couple on the trot and there we went. It's That's like Wilshire, haven't
0: they? Yeah, they did, yeah. I think the owners in the Championship just want instant sort of promotions, yeah. don't they? They don't give managers time. It's like Watford, they're the worst. Like They, they could be <laughs> top after like 20 games and be like, oh, well, we've lost a few games. Let's get rid of the manager and get someone <laughs> nice else's. And it's always yeah. some unknown guy from like yeah. the Spanish third division. Oh. Comes in like. <laughs> I
2: know. It made me laugh, though, when I heard about it. And then I heard an interview with Troy Deeney. He was left out of his last game mm-hmm. at the club. And he said, oh, it's nothing to do with me not playing. And I was like, yeah, mate, whatever. But...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, all well, right, Troy. <laughs> that, <laughs> um, <well. laughs> that that Kike Flores has been manager like three times, is not he, or something, Or Watford? is not he been manager three times or something? He said like yeah, three yeah. or twice, two or three, I think.
0: He was reappointed, wasn't he? And then sat the yeah. Watford
2: version yeah. of Nigel Pearson at Leicester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it Wasn't Pearson manager of Leicester in that famous game against Watford? I and mean, that famous uh, Deeney goal. Oh, guy. the penalty yeah. miss. Yeah,
3: Don't that. that was so painful. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, man, you've come. A, you've come a long way since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <but> you've <laughs> just reopened yeah. old wounds. Thanks, Ben. I still no think that, that was my
2: best. Um, one of the best things I ever seen Pearson did did as manager of Leicester was when he attacked. Uh, was it him who attacked James McArthur? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess it yeah,
0: I think it was. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. that Watford Leicester game. I think um, Vardy and Kane were on the bench, weren't they? they were like, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, Harry Kane like, and Lester. Jamie
3: Vardy on the bench. Yeah, That's mad. <laughs> wow.
0: Leicester would
1: cr- absolutely cream Watford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vardy and Kane up front, That is oh man those were the days so obviously Burnley and Bournemouth there well, I mean you'd say Bournemouth that's a tie for them to win uh, oh, tell you what Burnley probably come through in the end won't they? it'd be a boring one on penalties or they'll win one nil in the 90th minute Burnley will not they <laughs> I think Burnley will edge it yeah it'll
2: be it'll be nil nil goes to penalties Daesh will yep. be playing for penalties from the beginning I <laughs> 100% 100% <laughs> so all out yeah,
0: Windsor,
1: be. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Man United and West Ham. Now, this is, this is interesting, I, I suppose, from the fact... Uh, it depends if West Ham start Lingard. It'd be interesting if they... Or, no, or maybe they can't, are they because... Are they allowed? Yeah, know. In the league games, they can't, can they? There was the uh, Snodgrass thing when West Ham played... I know that was in the league, when West Ham played uh, West Brom. Uh, and he couldn't play and that, as ben you point pointed out i, d- I don't know what snodgrass is going to be like the differential in that game i don't see him like deciding oh, yeah, the game cause... in that one but the <laughs> uh yeah, well we'll see what happens there man united west ham uh, again you'd sort of edge united to win that one but although oh, the magic of the cup the fa cup, cup it's just it's just different isn't it the fa cup so uh, could could be anyone Moving on, we've got Swansea City v Man City. Again, it's a championship side going up against a Premier League giant. I mean, that's obviously got City written all over it. Probably 6-0, will we say? Man City win, definitely. I'll go 2-0. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll go easy
2: on
1: them. Ooh. I think, um, I was going to say, well, Man City obviously, well, it was, uh, was it 0-0 against Cheltenham at halftime yes, the other day? Yes, was,
2: yeah. So, I mean,
1: oh, sorry, one down, beg pardon, one down, one down. Ten minutes to go, though, one down, yeah. Yeah, Exactly, so, and that, you know, and and I I think, obviously, City didn't put out, obviously, their sort of starting Premier League squad there, um, but they did, obviously, get the win in the end. So, Swansea, hopefully, I mean, it'll be amazing if Swansea can knock City out, but again, they'd have to, it'd be an exceptional performance from Swansea. Uh, to top city, there. Moving on, we have Sheffield United and Bristol City. Uh, again, not the most attractive fixture you would say, but certainly, again, that's, that's, that's a tie there for Bristol that Sheffield could you know, yeah, easily you know, be a part of that relegation battle. Bristol are not bad in the champ, are they?
0: No, yeah, I think they're do. doing quite well, aren't they? Like near the playoffs, I think, Bristol City at the moment. Yeah. Uh,
1: so obviously, they've got Sheffield. That's obviously a performance, I think. Yeah, they they'll try they'll try and nick that one Bristol. That's just going to be a ve- that'll be the most English football game out of all the, the fifth round FA Cup <clears throat> fixtures. That's just going to be the most English fixture of them all. Uh, proper proper proper, yeah, <laughs> proper challenges, uh, definitely, definitely there. And then we've got Leicester City obviously v Brighton. And now how are you, how are you feeling about this one, Dan? Because uh, obviously apprehensive, Brighton, if I'm
3: honest. yeah, a bit apprehensive. Um...
1: Last season, Leicester dropped
3: 10 points against the three teams that were relegated. I do fear the teams near the
1: bottom, if I'm honest.
3: Mm. And you say as
1: well, we've talked about Brighton being obviously that sort of, you know, they sort of hover around sort of 10th to 15th, but they've got it in them to certainly go against a team like Leicester, uh, especially in, again, the FA Cup is a cup match. You can go anyone's way, can't it?
3: absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, Leicester have never won the FA Cup so it, it would mean a lot if we did and we we'll definitely have uh, a strong team out yeah.
0: But,
3: um, yeah I think Brighton will be up for it as well and they're playing well at the minute it's going to be a good game actually
0: yeah, I just yeah. Say, has Rogers taken the Cup seriously this year because I think you you played is it Brentford did he play a strong team in that against Brentford I think the last round it did rotate but it was a strong team definitely yeah. set out to
1: win
3: yeah yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really tasty fixture to look forward to that one. Uh circle that one on me on my calendar. Later that evening on Wednesday the tenth, Everton v. Tottenham. Again, another sort of enticing fixture there. Tough one. Just uh I suppose I mean from Everton's perspective, again, it's the FA Cup. So I think they will just throw everything at it. For Tottenham, I think obviously Mourinho's goal is silverware at Tottenham and Tottenham having not won anything really for a while. This is going to be obviously a game they need to win.
0: Yeah, I think with the form they're in as well, it's um must must win for Mourinho to kind of please the fans and maybe get close to a to a trophy. I know they're in the League Cup final, but obviously mm. the League Cup's not the be and end all, is it? So mm. the FA Cup could be a could be a sort of marker for Tottenham. But Everton will be too, because Everton always they seem to take the cups quite seriously, but never do well in them. <laughs> <laughs> They always play like I remember. They, I think they play United in the League Cup, and they played quite a strong team. And United just did a job on them. So, yeah, I think I think Tottenham would just edge it though. I've just got a feeling.
2: Need a win though, don't they? No Kane, low yeah. confidence. Yeah. So he could be back for that as well, maybe.
0: Yeah. If it's next Ancelotti week.
3: Ancelotti versus Mourinho.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a big Ancelotti. one, isn't it? Who would have thought? Like ten years ago, there were well, Ancelotti was a where was he, at PSG maybe, and Mourinho was at, at Real Madrid. Who would have thought they'd be <laughs> Everton and Tottenham managers <laughs> in 10 years? Yeah.
2: <laughs> the the law of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, in 10 years, you'll see Klopp at Newcastle and Pep at Brighton, and they'll be battling it out.
2: <laughs> well, I think some Liverpool fans want Klopp out now already, so it could happen next season. Oh,
0: <laughs> so I can't. I the Liverpool fans all
2: the plastic fans... Oh, uh,
1: these people, man. These people. Uh, On Thursday 11th, we've got Wolverhampton Wanderers v Southampton. Uh, Proper tie that. uh, I would say two sort of well-matched teams. Wolves haven't been their proper selves sort of this season. I think last season, obviously, they get in Europe and sort of they've got a great team, haven't they, Wolves? Basically, the Portugal national team. (laughs) Let's be honest, haven't they? They've got about eight or nine Portuguese nationals uh, playing for them. Something like that we
0: always say how they pass the homegrown, you know, you have to have certain amount of (laughs) English players. I don't know how they pass that. They don't, they only have Cody, don't they? Who's English? (laughs) (laughs) Kilman. Kilman. Kilman as well. Yeah. Kilman. They don't seem to have many, do
1: they? So Uh. they've got, they've got a lot of players we discussed haven't they obviously in their uh, in, the, in the academy sort of up and coming and I think well, that's how they sort of get away with it but yeah they obviously have got a strong squad Southampton this season again don't need to speak about it. they've been absolutely sort of fantastic I think they'll want to brush obviously the 9 nil loss away actually. so this will be obviously a big fixture for them as well Barnsley v Chelsea Ben oh, this
0: is oh. one for us brings that bad <laughs> memory to 2008 1-0 <laughs> yeah. oh no
2: it's um, <laughs> has getting written in the, in the in the stars. This one is, isn't it? A real FA Cup tie. It's Barnsley away. Barnsley be dug, digging up the pitch a bit. Just yes,
0: it a bit of mud. Yeah. <laughs> if it's raining,
1: we'll it be in trouble. We're Which away. Chicken? Yeah. Barnsley, obviously. I, do you know what? I had to do a double check. I, and I, I must admit, uh, I thought Barnsley were actually in League One. I didn't know they were in the Championship. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. I,
2: yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I was like, I did the great escape last year. I think. Yeah. They sort of managed to just about stay up and then their manager moved to um New York, the, the New Re- York one, the MLS.
0: You're team. Right. New York yeah. Ripples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's it. it.
2: That's it. Chelsea That's played it. them
0: at the start of the season in the League Cup and mm. I think it was 6 0 or 6 1. And um he was the manager then, and then a few weeks later he left. Apparently, but I didn't see the game, but apparently Barnes were playing all right, even though they lost 6 0. So he must be a decent manager. And I remember that great escape. So I think they played...
2: They played um, Forrest, if I'm right. And Forest lost that game. They got walked. And then Swansea oh, yeah. did oh, the reverse. 4-0 right. yeah. reverse. And I think it yeah. was then that beat Forest to stay up. Yeah, because Forest didn't get to the playoffs for it.
0: Yeah, they needed to lose by like two goals and they lost by three or something.
2: Yeah, that's Forrest. it. And, yeah. <laughs> <In> that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I love football so much. This is championship, I mean, <laughs> Um championship. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So obviously, Barnsley, Chelsea, Ben, we'd expect to win there. I mean, it's got. If we, if we, <laughs> mate, I'm telling you, like it, it's, uh, yeah. For us, top four this season is expectation, and obviously for us to, I mean, I mean, FA Cup. I'd love to win the FA Cup, but minimum FA Cup semis, uh, I would say We've for lost us. It. Lost it last season, didn't we? So. The, uh, so news gossip, uh, stuff that we've been reading in the papers. Phil Neville gone to into Miami.
2: Anyone seen this? Yeah, I heard about it. It's an interesting move for him, isn't it?
1: Oh, nice money. payday!
2: Yeah, yeah, lovely.
0: I wonder if, if David Beckham wasn't on the sort of board that, or one of the owners, if Phil Neville would have got that job. Is it mates, <laughs> mates helping out mates again? <laughs> mates mates, mates race. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Has to be. Uh, it looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, Phil Neville. I don't know, I mean, he's, he's his reputation precedes him. I suppose he managed. Obviously, the England women did very, very well there. I don't know how that will sort of translate to men's MLS football in the US. I think. Uh, well, into Miami, they've signed like, Blaze Matuidi, and I think there, I say it, they, they they yeah, Higuain, and there could actually be talks. Can't believe I'm saying this of Messi going to into Miami, pure money move, of course. <laughs> Can you imagine being managed by Phil Neville like
2: Messi at, at, <laughs> at Miami? Uh, yeah. well. to, to be fair though, if, if uh, Messi went to into Miami, he'd be managed by Lionel Messi. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think everyone would be managed yeah, by
0: him. You don't really, well, like, the, Phil Neville, send him what to do. You just be like, you know who I am, right?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I just well, it's just like when Zlatan went to uh, to LA Galaxy. Right, he ran the league, didn't he? Fifty-four games and fifty <laughs> goals. The guy yeah. just tore it up. He's still tearing it up now in uh, in Milan. He's actually my favourite player. Uh, yeah. Fantastic, um, unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. Future of fans in stadiums. I know we sort of touched on it now, but well, let's, I suppose in England, uh, what are what are our hopes for this year? Do you reckon? sort of by October maybe, sort of the beginning of the new season, will we see fans back in stadiums?
2: I'd hope so, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. <laughs> uh, with the vaccine and everything, and obviously with numbers going, hopefully going down, but, but obviously we had this optimism before, so we can't be too <laughs> straight into it because we know what happened when we did it before. So we have to make sure everything's safe and secure to, before we can look at that, I think. I think at some capacity,
1: I yeah, yeah. I think at some capacity, Ben. I know you and I spoke a few times about like probably. Well, they started to do it um, at the beginning of the season, doing the uh, their two thousand people at Brighton, didn't they? And then they were doing obviously when it, when it was Tier Three and Tier Two, we were allowed to have a certain number of fans. So you know we, we, that's something we, that we might see this year, and uh, obviously I know. Ben and I are big fans of our tennis and now that the Australian Open is starting down under they've got fans back there because it's not an issue in Australia but in sort of Europe it would be nice to sort of see fans back at some capacity soon because fans bring it all
2: to football don't they? It's the culture it's everything. Well I saw a stat of um, Games 1 I don't know if you saw it in the Premier League this year
1: mm.
2: and it's the first ever time the swing's gone with your A team like wow. the last bunch of fixtures i think there's something i like, um set five away wins and it's just unprecedented and obviously it's the fans isn't it it just evens the tables totally without playing mm. in front of anyone
0: absolutely yeah. it does it doesn't help does it and especially teams like sort of liverpool and um, you know sort of had that sort of atmosphere nearly every game kind of you know, you play play with the crowd a lot, and even yeah. teams like Leicester as well. The crowd helps him when you won the league and stuff. And you know, City. It doesn't. I wouldn't imagine it affects City that much. Yeah, empty had. Yeah, the empty had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the Man United. It might affect them as well. But I think yeah, teams like Liverpool and even Leeds as well. It must affect Leeds because uh, imagine yeah. them Sheffield in United. the Premier League, at the, Sheffield yeah. United even yeah. Newcastle to an extent yeah. so yeah, yeah I think it's hopefully hopefully end of the season maybe is at a push
2: it would be nice to see something say at yeah. Wembley for the FA Cup final or you know something for for the finals even yeah, if they put back the league Cup final a bit to the summer just before the Euros then it'd be nice to just at least have some people in there but I'm not sure
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Suppose this is a quick bit of gossip. Apparently, Danny Ings is wanted by Spurs. Uh, I've, I've, I've read this in in the BBC Sport uh, news. I think I, I mean he'd be quite an addition. I, but again, he's another player that obviously when he was at Liverpool, he didn't get his playing time, and he's a player that thrives playing for, for a team like Southampton, uh, where obviously when he's given the time of day and he, he he can play his own game, he gets a full ninety minutes, but. I just see it. if he went to Spurs, he, he'd play like what ten minutes every game, if that. He'd just be a bench warmer, wouldn't he? That's that's the problem, isn't it? When you've got Harry Kane
0: in your team, you're yeah. you're surely going to Spurs. You're only you know you're going to sit on the bench. So it's um, it's a tough sell, isn't it, to get a striker in for Tottenham? Big fish in a small
2: pond is the best way to be, isn't it? I think for a striker, regular games. I don't he's think Williams
3: would go anywhere to sit on the bench now, not at this stage of his career.
1: Yeah, uh, that's another good point as well. He's he's 28, 29. He doesn't want to be, you know, he, he wants to be playing as much football as possible. Um, and I think, obviously, Southampton letting him do that, obviously, has made him a better player. So, yeah, we'll see it's what similar happens to, there. Similar
0: to Leicester in ways as well with Vardy, because it's hard maybe to sign, because you think Vardy might get a few injuries in the season, but... Striker, and as you know, that he's going to be back up So it's, it is a tough sell for for clubs. I think when they've got a top top quality striker,
3: been
2: yeah, for years we found anyone. We need. To I do. To I do feel family. though that Liverpool missed a trick with him, though. You know that it's just a shame that they didn't give him more of a chance. But he had obviously his double ACL injury.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. Uh, now we've all heard the news of Wayne Rooney being appointed the manager at Derby County. Uh, it was a sort of, it was inevitable, really, wasn't it? When he joined Derby, he was he was acting as a player manager anyway, uh, pretty much running the show there. I mean, we're seeing more of this, aren't we? I mean, Wayne Rooney is thirty five, thirty six years old. He's gone straight into management. Uh, Frank Lampard obviously did something similar. He was coach at Derby for a year, then obviously went to Chelsea. Arteta's now done it. We're seeing a lot more players go straight into management. I mean, what do we think of Wayne Rooney's success at Derby? I mean, do you think he can actually get them sort of promoted? Do you think he can provide something for them? They've had a few financial problems, haven't they,
0: um, Derby? I think Rooney is. I think they've they've done quite well. But I saw they lost to Rotherham three nil the other day. So yeah. I thought, like, oh, that's a bit. Of
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a bit a of a blow. Too,
0: but. Yeah, but um, I think he won like four in a row or something. He kept four clean sheets as well, which pretty impressive. So he, he does look like he's got a good
1: football brain. Um, mm-hmm. really, so see how he goes at Derby.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I think as well, he's just, again, another sort of England legend, isn't he? It's a, uh, a player that, you know, would you, you wouldn't maybe say no to him managing a team because obviously he's been that successful as a player. Not not to say it will definitely translate as a manager, but uh, he's got a winning uh, culture about him, and I think that's what obviously they're looking for. So apparently, also Delhi Ali to PSG. I've seen this written down as well. I mean, this is an ongoing thing, Delhi Ali situation at Tottenham. Uh, don't know if anyone's sort of seen the uh, what's the documentary Ben called Spurs documentary All or Nothing. All or, all or Nothing. Yeah. All or Nothing. I mean, what do we yeah, think about sort of Delhi like, Ali? Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, in that documentary where he was talking about how to brush his teeth, bragging <laughs> about microwaving some baked beans, I mean, how's that guy going to survive in France?
2: So, <laughs> that would be a documentary on its own, mate. It be like a Mr. Bean type movie. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: Delhi av- travels in uh, Paris, just following him around.
2: The, oh. Delhi learns it French. Yes. That could be an interesting <laughs> part. <firepower. laughs>
1: Um, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, another talented player, isn't he? Uh, again, Tottenham, it's hard to sort of find room at Tottenham, uh, the way sort of things are going at the moment. I think, he, again, another he's young, isn't he, Deli Ali—he's about twenty-four, but He's about 24, but he's been on the scene a while. So he's he's found himself as a player. But I just I just don't know what role he would play at Tottenham in, in the current squad. I mean, is he an attacking centre mid? Is he a defensive centre mid? Is he sort of a plain central centre mid? It's hard for him to find that spot.
3: Yeah, I just don't think he's going to get any game time with Mourinho there, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think being, I'm not being bad, but his best performance I've seen in players against Marine. And I mean, you know, not for all due respect to those lads. No, <laughs> no, no. They fought yeah. a great fight, but, you know, <laughs> that's all I've seen him playing in like, the last year and a half. so
0: Fair. <laughs> Once his mind's made up on the player, it's hard to change, isn't it? Yeah.
2: With
3: Mourinho Exactly.
2: He's so- I mean, to be fair, to be fair, the Dan Dumbly was a bit of an interesting yeah. one, wasn't he? The way you put him down. But I don't know whether that was a sort of, I'll put him down to build him back up type or yeah. not. Sort of I'll put yeah. you down to get you to leave sort of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. This you is
1: really
2: true.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quality. It's quality, actually. Yeah, very quality. Uh, it says here, John Terry and Patrick Vieira are among the contenders for the Bournemouth job. Obviously, we spoke about it earlier, the sacking of Jason Tindall. Apparently, Lampard's been tipped for this as well. It's quite a... Um, I, don't, I don't know what to say. It's, it's quite a good club to go to. They're, they're, they're a club that's got a, lot, a sort of lot of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've got a lot of like followers, basically. They've been in the Premier League a couple of times, and they're a team that need a good manager to sort of take the helm. So, John Terry, I don't know if that would be a good appointment, obviously being assistant manager of Villa. don't know how he'd uh,
2: do it at Bournemouth. They need, I think they need someone with a bit of experience in the championship, as in experience recently, not like mm. a Tony Pulis or someone <laughs> like that. Just, or an Alan Pardew that they would just dig out from like <laughs> his successes five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, to steady the ship, but again it's all about getting the right man in, isn't it? And you can just see it on the cards, can't you? That they'll panic and then they'll end up getting some old guy like, um, who's gone, was it Mick McCarthy's gone to like Chef Wednesday or something yeah, like that? Oh, and, it, you're just it, like,
1: yeah.
2: and you're just like, yeah. why, why? <laughs>
1: Someone with championship experience. Uh, 10 years yeah,
2: that, ago,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Mick McCarthy was in Cyprus recently.
1: That's a bit, a bit of a culture shock,
0: isn't it? Cyprus the Carthage. <laughs>
2: That's a cargo, sorry, yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: Bit of a culture shot that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh that is a uh it's a job that is going at the moment. So obviously someone will be appointed the manager of Bournemouth. News here uh, from Europe, Ben. Uh former Chelsea and Juventus sports Mauricio Sari has apparently been approached to become the new manager at Marseille. Um we were talking about this the other day, Ben, because the former manager of Marseille tried to get in a player, and apparently the board said no, and he was sacked or something. Were you telling me this? Yeah.
0: So, um, Vias Boas, um, I think he's he's had strained relations. It looks like with the Marseille board, anyway. But I think he um he there was a player. Oh, I Forget his name. I think he plays for Celtic. Um, oh, a Netrim, I think or
2: something. Ne- yeah.
0: Some, or something. Yeah. He's got a weird sort of name, isn't he? So the board wanted to sign him and AVB said no, but then they just went ahead and did it anyway. So (laughs) yeah, that's just, that should just never happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just a bit of uh, poor poor communication there. And I think, yeah, I don't know know what's (laughs) happened there. And I saw
0: in uh, his press conference, he said, um, he said, I only want one thing from the board and that's for them to accept my resignation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And And then following on from that, I don't know if you guys know, but then they had a game called off Couple of nights ago, due to the fans going in rioting onto the ground, yeah, and they actually attacked one of their own players. <laughs> oh
1: my God,
2: it's just yeah. madness. There's about three hundred of them that just went went just mental and just. I think I think that's just their culture, though. There, at might say, I think it's just a bit of a firecracker of a club, isn't it? They just tend to self-destruct.
0: They're rowdy, people. aren't they? Yeah, they they, they a once I think, and Neymar was getting thrown all sorts of obstacles were being thrown at him—bottles, uh, <laughs> paper airplanes, programs, anything. It was it was chaos. I think they suspended the game or something yeah. um, in the middle nah, of the game. I think they've had a few of them, I'd
1: say. Yeah. Oh, they play at the is it like the Velodrome? I, I can't really Velodrome. pronounce it. That's it. Velodrome. That's it. Yeah, the Euros in France a couple of years ago, and obviously naturally the French fans are going to go and watch the Euros, and they were. I think it was Portugal played uh, a semi or quarter final there, and uh, yeah, the French fans they're really rowdy, but particularly the Marseille ultras. So you know the uh, the real hardcore Marseille fans, but uh, yeah, rowdy bunch definitely. <laughs> Right, it's that time, Ben, for fact of the week. We are at that point in the episode where we Mm -hmm. select one random fact of the week and we'll read it out to amuse our listeners. This fact of the week, you're going to like this one, it's a bit of a random one. Right, This fact is about the Tour de France, ready? The Tour de France has a lot of unwritten rules, which make for a pretty fun... uh, For example, if the leader of the race needs to pee or needs to stop or do anything... Everyone has to slow down and stop with them. it's <laughs> a fact. So they they basically have
0: an uh, unwritten rule where you have a pee break, basically. Yeah,
1: it's an actual thing. Like it, <laughs> they could be like two thousand people like cycling, and they'll all stop if the leader has to go for a pee. It's, it's the rules.
0: But what if they could fake? It? If, they, if well, they could fake it, couldn't they? If they're not doing that well, and maybe they see other riders. Oh, he's looking a bit quick. They could just nip off and say, "Look, I need to go to the toilet."
1: No, no, no! But you've got to be in the lead.
0: Oh, I see the leader. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah,
1: got you've to. got to be in the. Lead. You can't just be coming in last and say, "Oh, look at everyone to stop." That'd be a bit shit. No, you, <laughs> you've got to be leading the race uh, to, third, to stop it.
0: If you're third, if you're third and you're desperate, you're just going to power up and try. Oh and get yeah, the lead. obviously. <laughs> Hold it.
1: <laughs> I will I will say this and it's pretty gruesome but uh, I think actually a lot of riders just piss themselves because it's like I don't know That's it's going to sound good. gross but well I mean what's at stake for them really uh, okay you get a bit pissed on your leg it is gross but for them winning a race is more important and well the Tour de France is, is mm-hmm. ridiculously tough uh, the altitudes they go to and all that but uh, yeah it's, uh, there's your fact <laughs> of the day and Ben we've got a uh, social media okay, haven't we
0: we have, mate. Yeah, just follow us at, uh, at podcast FTS from the stands. That's at podcast FTS. And my personal handle is at BMJC9096.
1: Yeah, and my personal handle is at Ollie Marlin. That's M A R L I N. Uh, just a massive thank you for the both of you for obviously coming on today's episode. We want to promote your show as well. So please tell the listeners where they can find you.
3: Okay, you can reach us on Twitter. Our handle is V A R at the bar one.
1: Perfect. And uh, for everyone that's listening, obviously uh, who are football fans or just sport fans in general, go give VAR at the bar a listen. Quite similar to us. They like, uh, they like their football, of course. And if you've been listening to today's episode, thank you very much. Guys, again, thank you for coming on. It's been great to sort of have you sort of co-hosting. It's a nice uh, change from our usual, our usual podcasting sort of schedule, isn't it, Ben? But uh, yeah, great to get your thoughts is, on obviously yeah. just the week's games and everything.
3: Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much.
3: Cheers. Bye. Have a good one, lads.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.